Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The wrath of God. In Luke's gospel, Jesus enters the temple. It's after his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, Palm Sunday, probably Monday. Before that, there's been healings, there's been miracles. Dinner at Zacchaeus' house where he ate with sinners and tax collectors. And on a donkey, mild, meek Jesus rides into Jerusalem. The next day, bam, the wrath of God comes forth. He walks into his father's house, into his house. And they're selling and trading and all manner of sinfulness. And he drives them out. This wrath spills out on those living and acting contrary to God's law, to his Ten Commandments to those who sin. We have other Old Testament examples of God's wrath. I I might argue the largest one was the flood itself where the entire world except Adam and his sons, eight souls, were saved. They were all wiped out by the wrath of God over the wickedness that had come over the world. And also, some might say Mount Sinai, but Sinai wasn't wrath. It was God shielding his people and hiding himself, veiling himself in a cloud for their safety. But certainly, we see it in Exodus 32, wrath burning because of the golden calf. People destroyed by their sinfulness by God. Destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. as Jesus predicts in in the reading of the gospel today was certainly the wrath of God destroying the wickedness of men who had their faith placed in the wrong place. It's all scary to believers, the wrath of God. Why? Scary because we are sinners. We sin much and daily. Sometimes it seems we can do no other. We know from God's law, His commandments, that our lives are a hot mess. The trap of the devil, the one he likes the most, is to get us to believe that the cure is in us. He wants, us to, lure, he wants to lure us into thinking we can appease God's wrath ourselves. We can do better. How do all the New Year's resolutions work out for you? I can do better for a day or two, an hour or so, until that next piece of cake slid in front of me. Yeah, no, that's gluttony, by the way. We believe, according to the devil, that we can be masters of our own sin, of our tongues, of our thoughts. How does that go for us? Ultimately, he wants us to believe that we can do it perfectly, We don't need Jesus. And sadly, there are some Christians that firmly believe this. They believe that they can attain a point of sanctification in this life that there is no sin in them. How dreadfully wrong. God tells us no one is good, not even one. You could look to Noah and say, well, Noah must have been good. I mean, he was saved, right? No, Noah was a sinner. He simply trusted and believed in God. God said, hey Noah, there's going to be a flood. And Noah said, yeah, okay. 
you have to remember, it, it had never rained before the flood. There was a heavy dew that watered everything, but there had never been water that just came from the sky. And Noah said, okay, what do you want me to do? I want you to build an ark. Okay. They probably never had to build a boat before then. Noah built an ark, a huge one. You've been down to see the replica. He had faith in what God had done. Was he ridiculed? Yes. He was laughed at. I'm sure he was scorned by many, and in the end, they saw the wrath of God as it came. The devil wants us to believe our righteousness is attainable on our own, but it is unattainable. We need perfect righteousness. God's wrath still burns against sin. It burns against unbelief. It's what the devil desires. There was a plague in Luther's day. Luther believed it was sent by God secondary to sin to punish and chastise and drive people to God and to Christ. To repent was what was needed. And he firmly believed that any suffering from the plague at that time was proper and due because of the sin of the people. What of the unrest and the viruses and the fears today? Be it wrath or chastisement, whatever, from God, we deserve it because we are sinful. All is the result of sin, original sin and sin that lives within us, of greed, of lustfulness, of unfaithfulness, lack of trust, unbelief, of covetousness. We can look and catalog our own list of sins. Don't worry about your neighbors, just try and put the best construction on that, Eighth Commandment. Look at your own sins in your life as a spouse, as a parent, as a child, just as a student, a worker, any station in life God has placed you. The old Adam is desiring to sin. We truly deserve the wrath of God, wrath we cannot really truly imagine. And then Jesus wept as he approached Jerusalem. Totally human response, truly God and man. And why did he, did he weep? He wept for their unbelief. The fact that God literally visiting them in the flesh, and they could not see it. They would not listen. He knew destruction was coming. Destruction of the temple, because it was no longer going to be needed. They were called to worship in spirit and faith. And destruction of Jerusalem itself in 70 AD. He was crying. He was weeping because it was compassion. That's what Jesus did. It's like a parent who weeps over a child that they just can't get to listen. It might be wrapped up in some sinful behavior like drugs or some other thing, and they just won't listen. And you know those parents weep in the middle of the night for their kids. A day or so later, he enters into the temple, God's house. He drives out the cellars. One account says he took cords, made a whip, and he's, he, God Almighty, he's standing there with a whip, driving them out. Do you realize he could have done it with a whisper? Be gone. And they would have just... Remember when the soldiers were arresting him, 
in Gethsemane. And they came and they asked him, You Jesus, the one we're seeking, I am he. And all the soldiers fell backward. Just the I am. I am God. God standing before you. He had that authority. There was no wrath in that moment in Gethsemane. The wrath was coming upon him, upon Jesus himself. Flogging, spitting, ridicule, and finally to be taken outside the city and crucified. If not enough, God the Father would turn from him as well as he died. With all of our sin placed upon him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God turns his back on his son because he can't stand to look at the sin. The wrath of God upon one man for all men. Friends in Christ, that wrath was taken for you. And I say friends in Christ is for you who are baptized, died with Christ in the font for you who confess your sins and receive holy absolution, for you who receive Christ's body and blood at his altar to eat and drink for the forgiveness of your sins, you friends in Christ who have had your entire life and death hidden in him, fear no wrath. Christ has taken it for you. His blood covers all your sins Are we chastised for sin? Yes, to sanctify us, to improve us, to purify us. Do we endure trials? Yes, to build our faithfulness, to drive us closer to God. Maybe that's only to ask him why, to cry out. Are we like sheep to be slaughtered by the adversary? Yes, but thanks be to God, our resurrection is secure in Christ's own resurrection. Christ is our foundation, our rock, as we just sang, that nothing can shake or move. When Josiah was repairing the temple in Jerusalem, those working found the books of the law. Made me think of the uh, show on TV, Good Bones, where the gals in Indianapolis are redoing houses and they find really weird things sometimes. Where they're cleaning out all of the abominations of the temple and they find the law and they take it and they read it to a Josiah and he tears his clothes and he repents and he told him to take it to the prophetess Huldah and she says in a message back to him this is what the Lord the God of Israel says tell the man who sent you to me this is what the Lord says I am going to bring disaster on this place and its people according to everything written in the book King Judah has read because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and provoked me to anger by all the idols their hands have made. My anger will burn against this place and will not be quenched. Tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the words you heard. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I have spoken against this place and its people, that they would become accursed and laid waste, and because you tore your robes and wept in my presence, I have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore I will gather you to your fathers, 
and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I am going to bring on this place. Repentance. That's what Josiah had. He had no doubt been involved in these things and all of a sudden, uh, oh my gosh. He repented. Tore his clothes. We live a life of repentance and forgiveness daily. Because God's wrath has been removed from us. We approach a loving and forgiving Father who wants nothing but the best for us. He wants His Son for us. Because of Christ, our sins are remembered no more, and we are robed in Christ's righteousness. Friends in Christ, have no fear. The wrath is over for you. In Jesus' name, amen.